Father, I give you praise this morning for this uh, ministry. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this building. Thank you for these wonderful people that are here in your name. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are available. And thank you that your power is available, your wisdom is available to us. Thank you that you give us understanding, oh, Lord. And here we are this morning that we all might be nourished by you. Yes, Lord. We bow to your Lordship. We surrender to your ways. We surrender to you, Holy Spirit. We want you to paint a beautiful portrait here this morning. And help us to get out of our minds, our emotions, our thoughts. Help us to disconnect from the things of the world. We ask for grace this morning to do so, O Lord. Yes, renew our hearts, renew our minds. Cleanse us with your blood this morning, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We are not able to come before the Father without the blood of Jesus Christ. And we ask for forgiveness, O Father, this morning. For everything that we have done, every thought, every deed, O Lord Jesus, every utterance, O Lord, everything that we did, even to offend someone, we ask your forgiveness this morning. Here we are, O Lord. We want to come in, a, in your presence by your righteousness, which is you, have, you went on that cross and bought for us. It is, it is on the strength of your sacrifice that we are here this morning. We cannot come boldly. To the throne of grace without your blood oh lord jesus without your mercy and your goodness we pull on your grace this morning we pull on your mercy we pull on your blood and i ask father in the name of jesus christ refresh each and every person that is here this morning oh god that they might receive your word huh! your word oh lord jesus communicate with your people this morning oh god and because we were here in your presence let it be oh god that when we leave we'll be better for it because of you we bless your name this morning. We send you the fruit of our lips, the meditations of our heart this morning, Father, in no other name than the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, precious people, have a seat, guys. I came, uh, I came here yesterday and uh, uh, for uh, a nanosecond, I saw the podium right here for uh, not even one-tenth of a second. I had a vision and I saw the podium here and not here. So I, I was like, I guess the Lord wants me to be right here this morning. So that's what I did, I, I brought it down, praise God. And that's why I like it in this uh, church, even though at times it seems as if it's not, but I guarantee you that God is calling the shots around these, this area, these parts here. That the Holy Spirit really can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants to do it here. Amen? That's kind of like how we roll. We have no confidence in ourselves. Hello? Even though we speak the word of God with a strength that sometimes scares others. But, you know, at the end of the day, we don't have any confidence in what we can do with our hands. The Bible says that the flesh profit, but nothing. It is the spirit that quickened it, right? This ministry here is a ministry that was birthed in the heart of God. And or, you know, if, the, if I'm a part of this ministry for 20 years, 30 years, 10 years, whatever it is, I want it to be like that, where for the whole duration of the time that this ministry is alive, it's really the Spirit of God that leads it. And we really function by the Word of God, that we never step out of those components and begin to do things in our own strength. Amen? Including the lessons that we bring here, that God is actually um, allowing us to speak on. And let me tell you guys, some of them are tough, right? 
Some of them are like, you know, some folks when they hear the word of God, they run out of town, eh? And that's why Jesus knew in this, knew in the, knowing this in advance, our Lord said, count the cost. I mean, think about this now. I don't know any, if you guys have, anyone here has ever been in a car accident. Right? Have you ever been in a car accident? If you have, thank God, by the grace of God, you were protected like myself and we're here this morning. Okay? But the reason why you were in that car accident was because you couldn't predict it. Or else you would have not turned up at that particular location where the accident took place, right? You would have not turned up there. Not a chance. Well, guys, God's word is designed by God for our, one of the, to protect us. Most of the things that are coming our way, we already know them. We have spiritual eyes if we see through scripture, if we see through the spirit of God. We can see what's turning up. Every area of life, every single area of life has been touched on by the word of God and revealed to us by the spirit of God. The fact that we're actually having these issues, it's on us. It's our deal. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We're not doing our homework. We're good when it comes down to turning up at work in time. Hello? We're good in negotiating the right paycheck that we might arrange all of the circumstances around our physical life. Hello? But when it comes down to our spiritual life, I'm not talking about the folks out there. I'm talking about right here in the pews, in a general sense in the body of Christ. Would you agree with me? We are doing a terrible job and we need to do better. I'm repenting of that right now because I need to do a better job. God has given us his word. And then he has also said to us that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We're not pulling on the knowledge that is in the scripture there. And we are, we are groaning and moaning. In other words, we can see the accidents before they happen spiritually. You can know if you're disregarding an area in God's word consistent with divine health and healing. And you know sickness is coming your way. You can know when you're trespassing on um, relational um, principles that are biblical and you know when relational problems are coming your way. Mental problems. Everything in this kingdom is absolutely predictable. Period. Why is it that we're, we're um, having so much problems if it's predictable? That there is a, that, those are some of the hardcore questions that, you know, we need to, um, why would you punish yourself then? I know that God allows certain things to happen, but we are unnecessarily punish or, punishing ourselves on this planet here. And going through all different type of things that it's not necessary for us to go through. If we would, scripture they were quoting this morning as they prayed, if we would walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. And hello. 60-70% of the body of Christ is walking in the flesh 90% of the time. That's what's happening to us. We're doing it to ourselves. And we are thanking God that he is long-suffering and patient. Hello? How many times has he given us the same message? Take it, my sister. Take it, my brother. Patience. Huh? And we must, whenever that word comes from God, I don't care what it takes for you to make it a reality in your life. Make that area an absolute reality. Some principles that are in the scripture there, you know, you can, I wouldn't say play around with anything in the word of God. Because in Joshua 1 verses 8, God said we should regard all of his word. All of it. This book of the law shall not depart out of your 
Amen. But there are some key areas that you do not want to mess up. Because that can mess up your personal life and it can mess up your ministry. So as we go through this um, revelation here tonight, this morning, excuse me. Oh, I'm moving fast. I'm already not even midday. Amen. As we go over this word this morning, hello. And this is a big one, a big one, guys. You know, when you catch a big fish, this is a big fish this morning. The boat is about to capsize with the size of this fish this morning. Hello. Don't miss this one. I want you to take this one and I want you to go home and study. Go beyond this lesson. Get into the Word of God. Find more um, information on this one. And we can actually point you to some of that information. But guys, if you truly want to walk on this earth and fulfill the mandate of God on your life, this here lesson this morning, you must regard it bigly, bigly. Hello? In order to make this... Um, I was trying to find a word that I could um, speak the enormity of this particular lesson this morning. And I found this word. And I, I, I call this lesson, Taming the Behemoth. Taming the Behemoth of Offense. Ha! Taming the monster, the dinosaur, the hippopotamus of offense. We have the answer on how to do that. Offense. The Greek word associated with offense. Scandalon, meaning sinfulness or stumbling block. It's a sin. When you walk in offense, it's a sin. It also is a stumbling block. It stops you from accomplishing God's will on your life. It steals your peace, your joy, your relationships. It mesmerizes your, your life in a negative sense. It literally takes your mind. Hello. And there is no peace there. This thing will haunt you and cause you to stay up at night. Hello. Meanwhile, the person that you're meditating on is snoring. The behemoth of offense. This morning, God is giving you a lasso. Hey, you know what a lasso is? A rope that you used to over a horse's neck. Hello? God is going to give us a lasso in the spirit this morning. Ha! And we are going to tame that tiger for good. For good. You know the thing about this thing called offense? If it was a one-time thing, ha! It would be good because you would have just throw that lasso and bring that thing in and time on something around the house there. Huh. But it ain't like that. A new one is coming every day. Huh. You better work out a system. Hello. A system of dealing with offense in your life. You better work out a system and you better own this area of your life. Let it not be associated with another man on the planet or else the souls that God wants to come in the kingdom through your life, they ain't coming. Let me tell you guys, there are multitudes of ministries, hello, that have punched your tire because of offense right now. 
multitudes of people, heavy calling on their lives. They were called to save the lost, huh! except they couldn't get over themselves. Pride. And I told you, count the cost. When I count the cost, I never did it in an even way. I lean over to worse things are going to happen in my case. Actually, there was one time I said, oh, I'm dead. They're going to kill me. I literally, you know, God had to use a prophetic voice to tell me that you ain't dying before your time. Because when I count all of the costs and say, whoa, if I continue speaking like this, somebody's going to hurt me badly. And I go, I'm still doing it. Count the cost. So when I come and somebody step on my toe, Sean, okay. Yeah, you know, when they do that, I go, oh, come on. Really? I hope you know. For that little step on my toe, there are people that are not in church. They're not in Christ. For that little step on toe. If it was my wife, I'd probably tell her to slap me. And show you how to get over offense. Hello, guys. This area here. Let's go to the Word of God. Let's go to... Um, actually, let's start off at Romans 15 and verses 4. And it says... For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning. Are you spending your time in the Word of God? Let me tell you, when you spend your time in the Word of God, hello, literally every single scenario that you will face in life, someone else went through it. And that is supposed to be your learning. But you know what we do? We read the word of God, put it on the side, and run into the issue. As if we have no wisdom about that issue. Disregarding the experiences of men and women that are in scripture. That have already um, hit these roadblocks and surmounted them. And we were supposed to be using this as an example. Let's not do it anymore. Scriptures were written for ex or examples that we might learn. Let's go now to Luke um, 17. Luke 17. Our Lord, the Master Himself. I'm not deserving to call His name. I am not deserving to say the name Jesus Christ. He's too good for me to call His name. It, it took a lot of grace and mercy for me to stay here and say Jesus Christ. Who am I to say His name? Hello. Our Master, the greatest teacher who ever walked the earth. What a teacher he is. What a tutor. How he, how he teaches with clarity and with love. Amen? Our master speaking here and speaking prophetically, prophetically. Verses 1, then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come. It is impossible that no offense should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung, hung around his neck and he was thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, 
you shall forgive him. It is impossible that no offense should come. You see, I'm talking about the car accident that you know is going to happen, and yet still you're walking it unprepared, knowing that it's coming. And now you're all in a, in a hissy fit. Hello? You're hungry on the inside. You're cursing on the inside. And we're not doing what the scripture is telling us to do. Very basic things. Hello? Offense. We have already been warned about it. And God is actually telling us how to do it. What to do about it. Forgiveness. Right? Forgiveness. Let it go. Another scripture says, pray even for your very enemies. Enemies. We're, as we go on this morning, we're going to look at a, uh, maybe one example of a champion in the word of God. A man that God himself says is a man that is after his own heart. And see how this man, this mighty man of God, mighty man of valor, fighting battles for the kingdom of heaven. How he dealt with, all, with, with being offended. And the type of offense that came his way were not step on feet. Guys, you know, in a sense, I keep saying, grow some spiritual muscle. And you know, a voice like mine's, I'm helping you to do that. I'm helping you to toughen up. I hope you know that. God, that's one of the reasons that God said, come here and sit. And then I'm telling you that I'm speaking on behalf of Christ. And you're going, Christ don't speak like that. And I'm telling you, yeah. And it's your, you're in preparation mode. If you can't deal with this, you can't win no battle for Christ. If you can't deal with a voice, my Father in heaven, what will you do when truly you have been offended on account of God? So that's why I invite you to come sit on Sunday mornings, if I'm the speaker, uh, and take the beating. And thank, God, and thank God that you're taking the beating. Because I had, I'm taking a lot of beating. A lot. I have all different types of... I, I even have people right now threatening my life. No kidding. And I am not offended. I'm praying for them because the scripture tells me what to do. I'm not offended. Proverbs 18. Look at this, guys. Go to the book of Proverbs 18. And we'll go about 19. Verses 19. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. A brother offended is harder to win than a fortified city. A city where everything that goes through the gates, in and out, is checked. And the gates and bars are locked. And a brother, a man whose mind has been made up that he's going to walk in unforgiveness and in offense, it's more difficult, difficult to break through that wall in the mind than a fortified city of a massive army. The Bible is actually saying that. You see what we're dealing with now, guys? You see the mammoth that we're actually dealing with? A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. Oh, God. So when we have, um, I don't know who. Let me not pick on the wrong ones, just in case. When we have Tony and, and um, Tony and get re along really well with uh, Anita. When we have Tony and Anita bickering and there is contentions oh my father in heaven and now we go to um, or turn your com go on your computer and look at Windsor Castle and the thing is like bricks high 
and that contention between two girls. Hello? It's more powerful than the castle of Windsor. Oh my God Almighty. When we people make up this mind here, huh, and yesterday there's a scripture in the book of Philippians that said, permit the same mind that was in Christ Jesus also to be in you. And we are quoting that scripture. There is no application of it in our minds. But we quote it randomly. And we can't forgive. We can't let go. Guys, if you don't win this area, you can't save the loss. Because the devil, he have just about enough people on the planet. Not outside, you know, in the pews. Because the wheat and the tears grow together. He have just about enough people that if you don't tame, if you don't overcome, he's going to frustrate your life for the rest of your life. And if you make it to heaven, that if he don't, if he, if he beats you in this area, there's a good chance you ain't going up when you kick the bucket. You're going down. But if you do go up, it will be on account of the mercy of God. And you will not have the, you will not be able to really look the Lord in his eye. Maybe you will, maybe when you come up, the Lord will not even come to the gates of heaven to greet you. I was hearing about, you know, well, you, you might believe this or you might not believe it, but I heard that Oral Roberts, that when he died, that Jesus came and transported him to heaven. And I go, whoa, what did that man do? I had to go look into his life. And I see the works that God did through him. But can you imagine we go up? Hello? And there's an angel. Come, let me show you your house. And I'm thinking, and where is my Lord? That I've been waiting to see all of my life. Offense will stop that from happening for you. Matthew 24. There are countless people right now that are in church, that are not in church, because they found an excuse in offense. Which means they never counted the cost. Which means they never really went to scripture and said what it takes to be a Christian. And they are out now. And they think they have a, a good excuse. They have no excuse. None. Because our Lord had more than enough excuse. Because actually we are guilty. Hello? We are, aren't we guilty? And did the Lord deserve what he did for us? So what? If he, doesn't, if he didn't find an excuse not to bail us out. What excuse do we have to disregard his word? We have none. Absolutely none. Matthew um, 24, verses uh, 10. Look what it says here. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. And from this, many false prophets will arise and deceive many. And because of lawlessness, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Offense and love. The, the love of many will grow. That's why we talk about the scripture that says the first and greatest commandment. Hello? Is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love. When that happens, when you, when you have this as part of your Christian walk, you will jump over anything in your, in your way. I'm telling you, the love of God inside of you, completed, will allow you to take it easy, even on people that do things against you. Why? You know, this here, this message here, for a church like Heaven's Lighthouse Ministries, it's a central message. Hello? 
It's a central, important message. And why? Because we have been praying and asking God, hello, to send spiritual tsunami down here. Thunder. We have been saying, Lord, not like that church, not like that church, not like any church that we have heard of in Canada. We're saying, Lord, send power. Ha! We're saying, send power. Right? And then God is saying, no, I'll let me educate you on power. Bah, bah. Take the anointing. Take the, take the revelation. And if we are asking God to bring the lost, hello, to come here, and they come here, and we've been sitting in the presence of God, not only in this ministry, most of us has been in, um, in the kingdom of God for a very long time, even before here, right? And we are kind of cultured on some of the do's and don'ts having to do with church. And we have a, a level of understanding consistent with the word of God. And here comes 50 people in the church now. Hello? And they are terrorists. They have no church etiquette. Hello? They gossip. I mean, they cut their eye off of you like this. Sorry, baby. Girl. Hello? They do all of those type of things. And we are saying, Lord... Send them come. Send them, O oh Lord. And the Lord is checking us. Remember, he does not live in time. He lives in eternity. He's seeing what that 50 would look like if he brought them here. No, what we would do with them. Whether or not we will be offended, hurt, you know. Whether or not we would give them grace. That is how God does his math, you know. He doesn't wait until it happens necessarily. He sees in advance. So when, I'm, when we're teaching here, it's with that mentality that we're actually releasing the word of God because they're coming but are you ready to deal with the ugly in them or you just want the church to be filled and for us to move from here and go to another building are you ready to deal with the ugly in them by scripture understanding that they are going to offend us and we're going to have to apply self-control patience Long-suffering, all of those wonderful qualities. Have not we been expounding on these qualities in this ministry? Huh? Shouting. Isn't, isn't that why, that's the main reason why I'm shouting? That we might accept these things? And you're already upset at me for, for speaking that in that regard. Then who are you going to um, deal with it now? When you have someone who, who was um, in the world, hello, and they're cursing. And they come into the pews and curse. Swear words. And they have cigarettes in their pockets. And they step outside, hear the word of God. And you're walking by, sniffing up that, that thing. And you go, what is he doing here? And God is saying, I sent him there. You said you wanted him. Hello. That's what the, this is what I'm saying. The alligator sin. Uh, skin in a spiritual sense the alligator skin in a spiritual sense grow some you know think about michael jordan for example I'm, i i don't like using our professional at least because i don't emulate them but think about michael jordan if you go and and, and check uh, michael jordan's um history in regards to the chicago bulls versus the detroit pistons and they were whipping michael jordan every year they put a beat down on them when they get to the conference finals and the Bulls can't go to the, the championship level. And they're brutalizing Michael Jordan physically. And, the, and Scottie Pippen and the rest of the team physically. And now, what was Jordan's response? In the summertime, he went back and he goes, hmm, 
it's not that they're that good. I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. So he took the summers and he began to, he was very athletic, but he couldn't take a no contact, too thin. So he took the summers now and he began to bulk. He began to, they, they through the challenges, they sent him to another dimension that they never been. Are, are you getting my point? They, he did not even know that that level was possible physically and mentally. But the opposition convinced him to go there if he had any intention of overcoming them. And that he did in a couple of seasons. And then the rest is history. The championship rings. They, they, had, they, they, they had no answer to the level that he went. And that's what we must do. Truths are parallel. Well, so situations and circumstances are there and allowed by God to grow you and I. And we're saying, Lord, this is too painful. Get me out of here. And we move. Many times we make the decisions and we move on our own and feel justified. Not knowing that God is creating another scenario like exactly like that. Except a little bit more intense because you come up with a little bit extra hunger because of that one. You never pass the test. You will never pass the test. Hello? And come into the, um, the blessings of God until you pass that test. Stay where he is, where you are, and learn mastery, self-control, patience, and all of those wonderful qualities that are from the Spirit of God. Hello? So sometimes, guys, when I put a little bit of flavor on my voice, and it hit your ear, and your blood pressure goes that, it's on purpose, guys. Sit down. Sit down and go... Speak to yourself and speak to your mind. Take captive the thought. Hello? And stop your ear and send the smoke down back in there. Hello? It's a big topic that we're dealing on. Uh, Matthew 24, verses 10. Is that where we were, guys? And, many, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because of lawlessness, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. He who endures to the end. So all of these things are actually coming to you and I. In our Christian walk, we have to endure. We don't give up. Do you want to see the pearly gates? Are you looking forward to seeing the pearly gates one day? The gates of heaven. Hello. And stepping beyond. Woo. My father. Streets of gold. Can you envision that in your mind? Are you looking forward to this? You, are, you and I have to overcome all of these things that are actually coming our way. We have to overcome. Amen. Isaiah 48. Let's uh, look at a scripture that speaks about that. Isaiah 48 and verses 10. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction for my own, my own sake. God is allowing these things to come your way for his own sake. And why? For my own sake, I will do it. 
for how should my name be profaned? If God just anoints you, blesses you, and you have not been through the furnace of affliction, you have not been by sufferings transformed into the image of Christ himself, we, we will profane the, the, the name of Christ. And look what it, we will take his glory for ourselves. And the scripture is very clear. And I will not give my glory to another. That means the flesh has to die. So these unpleasantries, uh, sufferings we spoke about a little bit on um, Wednesday's teaching, are being allowed by God. It's like a stone that has the possibility of being the cornerstone. Hello? But it has to be chiseled. You have to get a hammer and um, what do you call that thing? That you, that you used to um, break a stone. That tool. You have to get that one and you have to shape that thing little by little by little. A little piece here, a little piece there. And you don't break the thing in half, but you chip it and you shape it over time. And that's what God does. When he says, I call you to be a prophet, a pastor, life situations he begins to send you in are very challenging. Very, very challenging. And let me tell you something, the next thing we got. <laughs> it's not like he put you down there for a short period of time. This cake takes a long time to bake. Years. If you're called to be an apostle in the kingdom of God, oh, I'm sorry for you. You're going to go through some tough things in life. And it's going to be for a long season. Study the life of um, Joseph, for example. And God had spoken to him also. Now let's look at a quick example in scripture here. Let's go to 1 Samuel uh, 16. And we're all familiar with the life of David, right? We're all familiar with um, the life of David, but we're just going to look at a few points in David's life. How he faced these same challenges in a more violent way. But yet still, he dealt with them in a way that was pleasing to God. In all of these challenges that David faced, the whole thing that he meditated on was his relationship with God. And if we do that in our own lives, God will, will use us to accomplish what he has sent us here to accomplish. 1 Samuel 16. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse, the Beth Bethlehemite, for I have promised myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. You see that? This year we see a rebel here by the name of Saul, totally disregarded the word of God. And we see the end product. And God is actually replacing him now. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I named to you. And all of us in this building are anointed. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Do you come peaceably? A man of God came to town. And look at this, guys. God had taught these people well. 
he had schooled them really, really well at the hand of even Moses, his servant. In regards to the type of life they were supposed to live. And yet still, a man of God was coming into town and they were trembling because they knew that they were in disobedience. Someone like the Church of Jesus Christ in the year 2022. Right? We're doing the same thing. You see what I'm talking about? The thing is predictable. The fights are ridiculous. If we just die, all of the fussing and fighting will be over. And God will use us to do mighty things. And he said, Peaceably I have come, verses 5, to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at the appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see, man, see as man sees. For a man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That there is another lesson all by itself. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And he kept on going down. Let's go to verses uh, 12. Actually, let's go to verses 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, are, are the young men here? Then he said, there remain yet the youngest. And there he is, keeping the sheep. Just like you and I, guys. We have no right to be here except God thought so. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. No, he was ruddy. I looked up that word, it means red. I guess he was spending a lot of time in the sun. Cheeks were red and fire. No, he sent and brought him in. No, he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. I'm looking at so many Davids right here now. Keep on doubting themselves. Huh? Keep on doubting yourself when God has summoned you into his kingdom. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward to Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Oh my. Every time the spirit of God come on a man in this fashion, it seemed like trouble come their way. Hey, ain't it? Because Jesus was going about his business and then he went in the Jordan River, hello, and John the Baptist laying down and the Spirit came on him and right there, 40 days followed, he never had no food. And here it is. Trouble coming David's way. Huh! I mean, the man fight lion and bears in the wilderness and survived. Hello? And yet still, the biggest challenges were ahead. All because of the anointing and the calling of God on his life. Why do we think that it's any different for us? No different. And now, li listen, guys, when these afflictions come, when these um, opportunities to be offended come, remember, God is actually always making a way. There is always grace to deal with it. Right? The anointing came on David, verses uh, 14. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, who was the previous king, in God's eyes. And a, dis a distressing, distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servant who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp. I hope you know the Spirit of God is arranging all of this, like he's arranging yours and my life. And it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you. And you shall be well when you're feeling down. When you're feeling depressed, what do you do? Revelation is here now, guys. 
I don't want to hear nobody say that they're depressed. Worship the Lord. Hello? So Saul said to his servants, Provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen a son of Jesse. The Behit. Be you know, I'm having problems even though I went to, um, to Google and YouTube and got the pronunciation of this word. Hello? Bethlehemite. Uh, did I get it right, guys? Say yes. Amen. Thank you, guys. How wonderful it is to be uh, in the presence of people that are so encouraging. Amen? Who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person. And the Lord is with him. What a beautiful thing that is to say, that the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son, David, who is with the sheep. So we see the anointing of God comes on David and doors. The anointing will make room for you and bring you before great men. Right? We see it's actually happening here. And the same thing will happen in our lives. Now, let's go to verses 17, for example, and look at the byproduct of David hanging around Saul. And we know, we know that Israel was always in a battle with the Philistines. Let's read from verses uh, 17. Actually, you know, to save time, let's go to verses 18 and verses uh, 5. David got connected with Saul. And David even took on Goliath. And let's read 18 verses 5. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people. And also in the sight of Saul's servant. Now it had happened as they were coming home. This is after David killed Goliath who was really just causing Saul to look like a man without any strength and we see David take, took him out and David is now serving Saul and doing exactly what he's supposed to do and that's exactly many times what we're doing in the in church in our workspaces we are not doing anything out of line. We are not doing anything to deserve the type of things that are coming our way. And look at what happens here now. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people because of the anointing. And also in the sight of Saul's servants. Now it had happened as they were coming home when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. The women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousand, and David his ten thousand. Then Saul was very angry, and the saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands. And to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he, but, can he have but the kingdom? So Saul I David from that day forward. Verses 10 
And it happened on the next day that the dis distressing spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied in, inside the house. So David played music with his, his hand as at other times. But there was a spear in Saul's hand. And, the, and Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence. You see here? God was going to teach and train David how to be a king. He had the kingly anointing. But the kingly character is one that is forged in fire. It's forged in affliction. It's forged in challenges. Huh! Opportunities to be offended, hurt, walking in unforgiveness. And many times, the Lord will prophetically release words over our lives in the similitude of the calling that was on David's life. And immediately, those challenges are coming your way also. Those opportunities to be offended are coming. No, quite frankly, so far in ministry, no one has thrown a javelin at me. I consider myself blessed. All I've heard is a few words here and there, you know, a couple of negative comments. Hello? And I'm like, that's all so far? Well, thank you, Jesus. I can deal with that. How about you? How about you guys? Especially some of you guys that I know are mad at my voice. That the Holy Spirit keeps telling me. And the Lord is saying, pour it on them. I put you there for that very reason. Let me enlighten you right now. Guys, grow up time. If you want the purpose and destiny of God, I'm telling you this, guys, period. The vision. The reason why you're... I know some of us think we're just here to... Um, have a grand time and raise a family. When the mind of Christ is not inside of you. But when the mind of Christ is inside of you, you know that God did something like this and breathed you into this dimension. You and I. In a fleshly form. And then in the fullness of time, reveal His truth to you from His Word and by the Spirit. And then you realize, whoa, I'm not just this. Yeah. Excitement. Huh. I'm going to conquer for Christ. And then, let me go up to the church that is 100 meters from my house. And you go up there and say, good morning. And they do this. What are you going to do then? I mean, this is in the North American church, the prosecution that we deal with here, quite frankly, it's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. It's weak. I hope you know. In a general sense, the prosecution that comes at Christians in North America, it's pathetic. Compared to what other countries are, or compared to an example like David, there's just no comparison there. And we are struggling with the little things. And we are not taking the scriptures and, and looking at the examples that are there. And then take the understanding that God has given us. Hello? And overcome. When the Bible talks about take captive every thought 
and bring it under the subjection of Christ. When the Bible says to do that, how committed are you and I to doing that? When someone has offended you at church, how much dance are you willing to do? How much praying? Huh? How much scripture quoting? How much worshiping are you willing to do until that plant seed that is in your mind, that the devil wants to expand and grow? I want to know how much warfare are you willing to do about that so you can kill it? How much? That's how I deal with minds. I'm telling you, if it take me five hours to kill this unforgiveness, if it takes me ten hours to kill this offense, it dies. And that must be our mindset. That must be our mentality. We must be David in this area. We must be like David. Grab this particular one. Offense is coming. It's coming, guys. And they're coming in droves. Because the devil is not short of men and women in the pews that he can motivate. Don't do business with them. Don't do cross-line business, guys. When we did network marketing, they always tell us, don't do cross-line business. Upline. Upline only. Do business with God. Go back to God and beat him up. You get, take your frustration out on God. If that, he can deal with it. But don't deal with it like that. If you're still dealing with it like that, good morning, guys. God is saying, it's maturity time. The anointing is here this morning to allow you to forget every offense and unforgiveness that is actually there. That you might float into your ministry. Amen? The healing power of God is here on this message here. Guys, we're going to have to forget about learning this, guys. Forget about learning it. God wants you to teach this thing. How do you teach something in this kingdom? You teach from a position of mastery. You don't teach intellectually. Huh! Which is what we do in the pew, in the, um, on the pulpits. We teach the people things intellectually. We're throwing words about the, the Bible. Hello? And then we go home. And our home is a mess. Our relationships are a mess. With the same so-called revelation that we're throwing out on people. It doesn't work like that. When God is going to check you, He's going to check you if you went through the furnace of affliction and dealt with that area and have absolute control and mastery. That's not to say that now. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Hello? If you trip and fall, get back on the horse and ride again. Hello? But... You can't allow this thing to own you. No. You're going you're gonna to get beaten up, guys. It's something that I made up my mind that I'm going to take. When I, I've had folks here, I mean, folks that are here have spoken against me. Hello? And I, um, them and I hash it out. I don't remember right now. I couldn't, yeah, the details. I could tell you individuals, but I don't remember the, the instances. You know why? Too small. My house looked too, the vision that we got of my house in heaven far supersedes that little molehead there. That molehead, it must die. Or else, my, my, my mission is not going to be accomplished. Look at this. Let's go to 1 Samuel uh, 21, verses 10. Because of the... Actually, you know, in uh, previous scripture... Paul actually sends out a command to kill David. To kill him for being diligent 
in the affairs of God. Hello? Paul sends out a command to kill David along with throwing a javelin or two javelins at him. He gave a commission to his servants, to his army, to kill him. 21 verses 10. So much prosecution was coming at David that he had to flee. He had to run out of town. And you know where he ran? He ran to his enemies. He ran to the Philistines, his enemies. Have we been prosecuted that much? Verses 10. Then David rose, arose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? They had heard that God had anointed him. Did they not sing of him to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David is ten thousands? Now David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he, look, what, look what he had to do. Look at the levels that David went to. So he changed his behavior before them, pretended madness in their hands, scratched on the doors of the gate, and let his saliva fall down on the, on the beard. I'm telling you right now, if I ever spit on it, it comes down here. People run out of the church right now. And this is the Bible I'm, I'm reading now. And let his saliva fall down on his beard. Then Akish said to his servants, Look, you see, the man is insane. Whatever it takes to fulfill your destiny. In the name of your Lord, Jesus Christ. Do that thing, guys. Do it. Then Akish said to his servant, Look, you see, the man is insane. Why have you brought him to me? Have I need of madmen? That you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Listen, they, they should have really held on to David for killing their champion and take him out right there. Listen, guys, when the anointing of God is on your life, nobody can kill you. That's why some folks were threatening us the other day. And I'm like... Well, I don't know how God is going to do it, but some angel, when they come in the night to do what they say they're going to do, I'll say, they're going to come and see some angel at the front. And if not, and the Lord wants something else to happen, he will wake me up and, I, and, and I'll do whatever he wants me to do. But I can't die, period. You can't die before your time if you're in the will of God. And even the Lord Jesus said it. He said, think not that I laid down my own life. Do you think I could call on my father for legions of angels that will literally desecrate huh, and demolish the whole Roman Empire. But for this particular reason came I into the world. No man take my life. I lay it down. When you're in the will of God, you can't die before your time. You can go right before your enemy like this. If God says go and look him in the eye with your hands folded. And he can't touch you. What a place to be. This here is the position of a man of God. We must learn. We must grow up, guys. We must grow up out of immaturity. We must grow up out of pettiness. We have to get out of that. And don't just, don't just do the physical exercise, guys. When, while you're down there, how about 
bulking up the spirit a little bit? Huh? How about bulking up the spirit when you're praying in tongues? Huh? Huh? When you're fasting, how about a couple of dumbbells? Huh? That when you come to, um, huh, to church and walk down the aisles and somebody brush your shoulder, you don't even turn back. You go, I'm too big for that. Champion of God. That there is what God wants us to do. Hello? Get over this pettiness and understand that you're on the battlefield for Christ. Huh? His protection is over you. And no man huh, can take you out before he signed that death certificate. Hello? David had this knowledge. He used a little bit of wisdom in between. Right? Because when the devil came and tempted Jesus and said, jump off, what did he say? Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Right? Use all of the wisdom that God has given you. Don't put yourself in danger and then say, Lord, huh, protect me. But if he sends you in fire, Go in there with confidence. Let's go now to uh, 1 Samuel 24. And we'll read 1 to 12. Let this here. Mark this one down here. When it comes on to being offended. I don't know how you do it. Stick it up on your wall in your home. And go back and reference this for strength when you have been offended. Now it happened when Saul had returned from following the Philistines that he was told him saying, Take note, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. David is still being hunted for honoring God, for walking in obedience, and for running away from fighting. He is still being hunted. So he came to the sheepfolds by the road where there was a cave. And Saul went in to attend to his needs. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave, the back of the cave, the excess areas of the cave. Then the men of David said to him, This is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand. And you may do to him as it seemed good to you. And David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And guys, what would you do when you're offended? And God bring the individual that offended you right before you and say, do to him as you will. What would you do knowing that he's a child of God? Would you exact revenge? Verses 5, Now it happened after that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. Hello. His heart, conviction, there. This is not right. Even though I have reason to, in a material sense, in a spiritual sense, I have no reason. By God's word and the operational system of the kingdom of heaven, I have absolutely no right to do this. God is not pleased with it. And I feel it in my spirit even now. And he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master. The Lord's anointed to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. The people that are 
beside us here. They are the anointed of the Lord. They are going through things at times that we don't understand. And some of the reactions that will come from them, we're going to have to give them grace. It's going to happen in this ministry, guys. And it's going to happen often. But if you have confidence in who you are in God and knowledge of how to deal with these issues, we still can save the lost. They will still come here. And we will, we will be gentle with them and allow them to mature and to grow and to become those people that we know that they can be. Where are we now? First Samuel 24, 1 to 12, right? Verse 7. So David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow him to rise against Saul. And Saul got up, got up from the cave and went on his way. David also rose afterward, went off the, off the cave, and called out to Saul, saying, My Lord, the King. Oh my. My Lord, the King. Does that sound like a man who is offended? Who is angry? And a man that on multiple occasions tried to kill him. It was not anything minuscule. It was not anything small. But David valued having a relationship with God, being at peace with God, living a life pleasing to God, than exacting revenge or even speaking rudely. You see, there's a lot we can learn from this particular example when it comes on to being offended. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed down. Oh, my father. Here is a man after my own heart. He's still honoring the fact that God has anointed Saul. And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men who say, Indeed, David seeks your harm? Look, this day your eyes have seen that the Lord delivered you today into my hand in the cave. And someone urged me to kill you. But my eye spared you, and I said, I will not stretch out, stretch out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. It's on an account of Christ that we are able to do this. Not if you really love God and you're walking in a way, your desire is to please him. Even if you fall occasionally, you will run back to him. And it is that love for God and uh, wanting to live a life pleasing to him that will allow you to get over the issues of offense and unforgiveness and all of those things. It is that that allows you, your relationship with God. And because David valued that more than anything else, there is nothing that the earth could throw at him that he could not deal with. And many were the things that he had to deal with. I will not stretch out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yes, see the corner of your robe in my hand. For in that I cut out the corner of your robe and did not kill you, know and see that there is neither evil nor rebellion in my hand, and I have not sinned against you. Yet you hunt my life to take it. 
Look at this now, verses 12. Let the Lord judge between you and me. When will we have the maturity to take these things to God and not take them in our own hands? It's at that time that God is ready to anoint you and I. Let the Lord judge between you and me and let the Lord avenge me on you. But my hand shall not be against you. That is how you deal with it, guys. That is how you deal with it. And we are, like I said, God forbid, we have to deal with anything in the magnitude of someone wanting to take our lives. Usually, in the church, it's nothing violent. Usually, we give size to that thing that happened. We give, we give relevance to it. We give, we dictate by how long we meditate on that thing. That unforgiveness, that offense. And we make this thing into a mountain. That it's only a perception. It literally does not exist. It, you know, I hope you know, guys. These things are, they, when you deal with it from God's perspective, it's a non-issue. And if your focus truly is on Jesus Christ, my Father and my God, how big he is, how mighty he is, how powerful he is, then you're like, all of a sudden, if he has your undivided attention, I don't care who it is, what it is, that thing, the more you gaze in Christ's eyes, is the, is, this is how it goes down. The more you focus on him, offense, unforgiveness, everything dies. Now, if you have been wronged, God will take care of that. And you know how he takes care of it? When you have gained mastery over it, based on what he wants you to do, it's at this point that God will actually deal with that. Romans 12, verses 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. See? Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. These things are going to happen. These things are going to come. Do the battle in prayer. Do the, do the conversation with God and don't let the devil nourish huh, a molehead into a mountain because you accommodated its growth. You accommodated that perspective even though the thing is non-existent in God's eye. If Jesus is truly enough, these things 
should not exist in any one of our Christian lives for any length of time. They should be dealt with. Whatever you have to do, that's, I, I read a book, which is a good one for you guys to read. The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. The Bait of Satan. This is one of the areas that I already knew that I, I was going to have issues in. So everything that happened in church, even that which is going to happen one month from, up away, from now, in my eyes, it already happened. I know it's coming. And already I know my reaction to it. This is not the natural world where you crash your vehicle in a person. Oh, and you're surprised. No, this is the dimension of the spirit huh, where things are predictable. We can see. Not only visions. We can know what's coming. And we can deal with them before they come. Deal now with the people that are going to come here that are going to offend you. Huh. If you're going to be a champion for God. In the year 2022, 2023 and beyond. Guys. You have to bulk up the man on the inside. You have to get out of your pride. And the petty things. And take the example of a man by the name of David. And of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ha! We have not been to jail as yet, guys. Who is ready to do it? Ha! Who is ready? Some of you guys love to play sports. The guys, they love to play sports. They understand this in the material sense. But why is it that we're so petty on the inside? Huh? Why is it that we're so soft on the inside? Who want the anointing of God on their lives? Jesus said to count the cost. I'm like, God, I want that anointing. I want your power. And every time something happened, I lay on my couch. And I roll over and I laugh. Ha! I laugh. I laugh at the offense. I laugh at the challenge. And I say, God, that there, too small to hold me back. I'm send the anointing. I'm still on my way. It's men he's looking for, guys, and women that he can anoint. Can you deal with the factors of receiving that anointing? Can you deal with the challenges? Ha! Of receiving that anointing that empowerment from God huh, that will unlock the doors that the souls might come in is there a man is there a woman that can take a punch for God huh, in this season it's the cause of the anointing huh, you have to take the offense you have to take the criticism and you have to float on their wings let them take you high in God. Accept the challenge, George Bernard Shaw said, that you might feel the exhilaration of victory. It is the way to make the oil. There is no other way. God is going to require a sacrifice. Huh! And this area of offense, that is a part of it. We need to summon back some people that have left the church because of offense. And let them hear messages like this. And say, you know why you left? Let's, let me offend you. And put one more offense on that one. And then I will grab your hand and pull you up to the church. You chicken! Come with me!
with me and let's go up there and I'm gonna hold your hand while you sit in the pews and hear the Word of God it's your ticket to heaven and you got offended and digging a hole bit by bit to hell wake up and let Christ arise on you your sleeper the militancy of Christ that is supposed to be an individuals that call his name the strength the wisdom that comes from his word that is operation in us taking every revelation that he has given us and let them decode every seed of the devil in us that we might conquer on the earth oh my father who wants to get in the fight He's looking. You have to labor. Paul said, I labor more than ye all. That's why we preach the word like that in this church. This is not T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes went sissy. T.D. Jakes went soft. Really, really soft. Not only around the middle. All over. What a wuss T.D. Jakes is. What did he do with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because he's trying to appease all of the um, news medias. He sell out the gospel of Jesus Christ. Send this recording to him. He need to wake up and try to start preaching Christ. And stop accommodating people in the pews and looking at money and numbers. God wants to break that, that ministry. But he's going to do it. That is the word I have for you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Hello. Huh. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And I thank you, Lord, that your people came up to church, oh Lord, this morning to hear your word. Huh. And to hear the strength and the truth of your word, oh Lord. They did not come here, oh Lord, this morning to hear a false prophet. Huh. They did not come here, O oh Lord, that we might compromise on your word, O oh Lord, and tickle their ears, O oh Lord, and send them into that lukewarm state. But they came here, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, ready and willing to hear your word, O oh Lord, huh, that is able to save their souls. Huh. Oh, let it minister to them by your spirit now, O oh God. Strength on the inner, on the inside, O oh Lord. Strength your people, O oh God. Huh. Let this revelation, Father, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, huh, let it stay with your people, O oh Lord. Let it be embodied in this congregation. Huh, that we will not walk in offense, O oh Lord. We will not walk in unforgiveness, O oh Lord. Huh, for we are a strange, peculiar people, O oh Lord, of love. And you have taught us well and given us your word. Oh, open our eyes that we might see and our ears that we might hear. And quicken our understanding, O oh Lord, that we might accommodate the increase that you will bring to us. Huh! I thank you, Lord, that we heard your word this morning. And Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, huh, we are not only hearers of your word, but we are doers. Thank you, Lord, that we now know how to deal with offense. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God.